A quick timeout to recap last night's Fast Model Chat on basketball stats and analytics. A lot of you have connected with me through either the Fast Model Twitter account or through some of the blog posts that I write for the Fast Model Sports account. You may have recently seen that last Sunday night, the Fast Model Chat that we hosted the one this week was with basketball stats and analytics. We've had about three of those so far. If you want to go back and look at some of the moments from those, you can check those out on Twitter through the Fast Model account. In case you missed the conversation, I wanted to recap the chat. Maybe some of the things the coaches shared can help you better understand and apply analytics and stats to your program. To help me recap last night's chat, Robbie Lehman is going to join me today. If you don't know Robbie, he's actually the community manager on Fast Model Sports and has some experience and background in some coaching. So wanted to have him on the show to help us kind of wade through the chat from last night. Robbie, why don't you let people know and, and give them a little bit about your background? Sure. Hey, Tony, thanks for having me, first of all. Um, and thanks for all you do with Fast Model. It's been great working with you over the last maybe year and a half or two now, I think. I don't know time's flying. But yeah, I am our content manager at Fast Model, which uh, honestly has been a perfect role for me. I do have a background in coaching, um, was at D-League level, done player development stuff, and a couple different Division One programs as well. More on that video coordinator um, and and tech guy side. So it's been perfect for me. I love connecting with coaches, but uh, the thing is I haven't you know, been on the sidelines or in the office of a coaching staff a bunch in the last four years since I've been with Fast Models. So I'm by no means an expert in some of this stuff, but I love my role sort of connecting coaches to information, to education on the game and helping them get better. Obviously, utilizing our products like Fast Draw and Fast Scout um, is a big part of it, but just in general, um, it's been a great role for me and uh, I'm excited to talk some analytics Really appreciate you taking the time for us. We're going to kind of go back and forth here a little bit. Uh, Robbie's actually going to kind of be the moderator here and, and kind of give us the questions from last night, but then we'll kind of discuss things as we go along. So you want to go ahead and give us the first question? You bet. And I do have to say uh, your gift to start this thing off was excellent. Uh, I laughed at that. It says uh, the dark art of analytics, which I just thought was perfect because it does uh, seem a little intimidating, um, even for someone like me who's inside of uh, our software and, and basketball uh, technology a lot. But yeah, let's let's rock and roll with number one. Um, you asked, what role do analytics play in your program? Is it valued highly, moderately, or not at all? This one actually had a kind of range of answers uh, when coaches started replying. Interestingly enough, enough, nobody said none at all. So that was good. Somebody actually replied and said, if you're not using basketball analytics, you're, you're probably not being effective at all. Um, I don't know if I agree with that entirely, but you know, stats and analytics do play a huge part in the game today. One of the things I did notice was that two factors kind of influence coaches' responses to this. The level that they coached at, coaches at the high school level, sometimes we're saying they moderately used basketball analytics. I do know that there are a lot of high school coaches that are really getting into analytics, which I think is great. But you know, depending on how big your staff is and the amount of time you have, you may or may not have the ability or, or even the capability because of the software that's available that you have to pay for sometimes to really dive into those. So um, that's completely understandable. The other factor that I saw that kind of influenced people's answers was age. Uh, some of the older coaches, you know, they said they still use the eye test, which, you know, that's a lot of coaches go by that and go by that only. And that's completely fine. I think it's really important for us as we start here to understand that analytics, you'll see this, this phrase a lot 
but analytics are just a piece of the puzzle. They're not the only thing. They may not even be the best thing. Some things can actually be misleading if you don't know what you're looking at. So um, it is important that you understand what you're looking at and understand how it really applies to what you're doing. So a variety of answers, I guess, to answer the question here, a variety of responses from coaches. But as you said, sometimes it can be intimidating, but some of it is simple. If you can just get a base knowledge of what what you're looking at, and it can actually have a huge impact on what you're doing as a coach. Good stuff. Yeah, definitely agree. Everyone's going to fall somewhere on a spectrum of, you know, maybe a a zero to 10 as far as their interest in this stuff. And I I think I mentioned the word intimidating earlier, just start small. It doesn't have to be like you're going 100% in and you're looking at, you know, numbers all day, every day. So, um, and I definitely agree on the different levels too. And, and sure, there's going to be resources, budgets, staff numbers. But as someone who did, you know, go to practice every day and, and was in charge of tracking certain things, um, I understand that the more people you have sometimes can help. But again, I just think taking that first step in and educating yourself. And hey, a great place to do that is the uh, Fast Model blog. So, oh, and then one more thing was, um, our contributor from Radius Athletics that runs a coaching mentor program does a great job uh, with a lot of this stuff. So you can look in those archives. Coaches can learn a ton in just a short amount of time. Yeah, Coach Sherman has a lot of great stuff. Definitely t- check that out. Follow him if you aren't already on Twitter. You want to go ahead and ask, ask the uh, second question? Question two was, are there stats you record regularly in practice? If not, why? And if so, why those specific stats? Again, I think the ones that, that said no to this were more of, we don't have enough coaches. We don't have enough managers. Um, they don't know what they're doing. I will say that one of the things that has helped us technology-wise are apps. Uh, there's a couple apps out there that can track things for you. I mean, they, they'll do basically anything that you can put in a box score that may not have analytics necessarily, but kind of the basic stats. Um, and you can chart things like free throws. I think that was the most mentioned for, for what they pra- chart and practice. Free throws, shooting percentages. And by the way, we're kind of typically talking, if you don't have the manpower and the staff, we're talking about charting those during live action. One that I saw interesting was was paint touches. Interesting just from, I haven't heard coaches talk about tracking paint touches before, but the way that the game is going, we talk a lot about, we're trying to get threes and we're trying to get deep paint touches so that we can score. And so if that's something that you're shooting for and that's something that you need to do, then you need to track it. So uh, paint touches, I, I like that idea. We're going to probably try to do that with our team this next year. Uh, defensively, deflection, steals, uh, disrupting the offense through those. So kind of emphasizing those. I think the point is, is it's what you're emphasizing as a team. You're probably going to want to track it. And if you aren't tracking that, you can't find out at the end of the game if you're actually achieving that. So tracking those in practice will help set you up for success in the games. Just really quickly, if you haven't heard yet about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and other platforms so your show actually gets heard. You can even make money from your podcast no matter the size of your audience. It really is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What is a stat you found to be overvalued, undervalued, um, and why for both? I just talked about the free throws tracking it. I think those can sometimes be overvalued, especially if you're tracking those just in practice, because a lot of times we'll tell a player, go shoot 10 free throws, come back and report to me how many you made, how many you missed. There's no pressure associated with that. Um, And so, you know, that can be misleading. A kid could shoot 
70, 80% in practice and then getting games to shoot like 50%. You're wondering what's going on here. Well, it's pressure versus non-pressure. So that can sometimes be overvalued. I think one that's uh, undervalued is rebounding percentages, not just total number of rebounds, but rebounding percentages. Uh, that will give you a better idea of shots that are actually being missed and how many you're, you're actually getting rather than going to a box score at halftime or at the end of the game and being like, well, we had 25 rebounds and the other team out rebounded us because they had 35 rebounds. Well, that may correlate and may not correlate depending on how many shots the other team missed, how many you made and that kind of thing. So um, rebounding percentages, especially offensive rebounding percentages and another one undervalued lineup plus minuses. Again, a piece of the puzzle, not the most important thing, but how well is a unit doing playing together, I think is important to look at. And you're going to need a bigger sample size for that. So definitely looking at something like that over the course of several games rather than just one or two games. Those are the main ones that were mentioned. Uh, another one that was overvalued, player plus minuses. Again, that, that may or may not be indicative of what's happening or what that person is doing out on the court, the productivity of that player. You're relying on four other players when you're out there, so... Um, you just kind of, again, piece of the puzzle. What is this really telling us? And do we have enough big enough sample size to be able to get a good idea of what these stats actually mean? What comes to mind for me, uh, again, is talking about starting small. I think offensive rebounding is a great place to start if you're somewhat new or you're just looking to go a little bit more in depth um, because it's a place where you can manufacture more possessions and more points um, and to give a couple more plugs um, of our fast model content, you did a great job uh, blog on um, rebounding in general as a system. Um, and then Coach Michael Lynch, who contributes once in a while for us, also did one this earlier this year, specifically on offensive rebounding. And it was actually a deep dive that he did on personal study into his own team from last season. And he linked, you know, three or four podcasts. He had a, a chart in there um, with numbers. So. It, was, it would be a great place for coaches to start. And, and what he really found is I think they're going to send more people to the glass than they have in the past because he realized the benefit is a lot higher than the uh, maybe the perceived benefit of getting back and, and stopping a team in transition. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just uh, where my mind went on that. And uh, we can rock and roll number four. Practical application, how have analytics changed the way you coach, even from two to three years ago? So I think just with the advantages of having these things more accessible to us now, just being able to understand better what's actually happening out on the floor, some of these things may actually be just um, kind of reinforcing what we already thought. Coach Josh Shipley talked about how analytics kind of validated some of his coaches' gut feelings. And I, I completely agree. You may not find anything new. It may just, like he said, validate what you already thought was happening. Um, and in some cases, it may actually go against what you thought was your gut feeling. So um, kind of looking at, at numbers that way. Coach Michael Lynch, who you just mentioned, he talked about how it has influenced how his team runs their transition offense and what they do in the half court. And, you know, a phrase that I would use repeatedly in this discussion with coaches is what matters to winning? Are you doing the things? Are you practicing the things that matter to winning? And so just changing for me personally in the last two to three years, what are we actually practicing in practice 
that applies to games that actually helps us win rather than this is a good drill. This is a fun drill. This is maybe teaching us this, but whatever that skill is or whatever that aspect of the game is, it's not really helping us win. So why are we spending a lot of time on it? So I think that's how analytics have practically changed uh, how, how I personally have coached in the last two to three years. Yeah, I think uh, we're, we're all learning new stuff every day, every week, every you know season um, with this stuff. So it is something you want to be tuned into uh, to see how things evolve. And it does seem like it moves pretty fast. Even if you look at someone like the Rockets, who really kind of pioneered that a- analytics offensively, as far as you mentioned earlier, getting deep twos or free throws, uh, or three-pointers and really building your offense around that. And they've been doing that for, you know, a decade at least now. And obviously you got the Warriors um, with the Splash Brothers and whatnot there. Let's finish up. We have last question, number five. Is there a certain aspect of basketball analytics you'd like to know more about? Uh, just to be a little bit selfish here to fi- figure out what do I need to be looking at or what do I need to be paying attention to that, again, like I said before, actually influences w- winning. At the end of the day, if this isn't, helping your team win and as a result kind of helping you improve your practices and what you're drilling and what you're enforcing and practices and that kind of stuff, then you're just kind of wasting your time looking at more numbers. So what matters to winning? Are we doing things that that matter or are we just kind of practicing random drills? I think is the biggest thing that I would like to know from other coaches, what have they found that matters to winning? And has that changed the way that you practice? And then what are the drills that you actually practice? And, you know, Robbie, you may want to finish up by just kind of talking about some of the things that are available um, on the play bank that coaches can use. And even some of the blog posts of, of guys that have posted either plays or drills that have kind of reinforced what coaches are doing to actually help them win. What I thought about there was uh, a common phrase that I'm using a lot or I'm getting a lot with coaches that are contributing is game-like. And uh, that's obviously important um, because even you mentioning with your free throw stuff that you in the past maybe, you know, would shoot 10 in a row and switch, whatever. That's not going to happen in the game. And there's a difference when pressure comes in. Um, there's a difference when you're tired and, and et cetera. Um, there's a difference between going five on O and going five on five, a huge difference. And uh, I saw this um, last week. I think it was from our contributor, Seam Rostogi. He had something where he said, bones are greater than cones. And that was interesting um, because it really just says putting bodies out there um, to get a more realistic look is more beneficial. Not to say there's no place for cones. And we actually have some great um, cone drills on the play bank um, for different things, player development. But if it's a a game-like situation, you're going to benefit a lot more from that. And you're also, your numbers are going to be more impactful as well and, and more accurate if you're charting and um, looking at things that are very game-like. I think every coach obviously is different and that's okay. And that's really what we, uh, our goal was with this chat is really just to build a discussion. We're not saying one thing is good and another is bad, but I'm really curious on what coaches think about this topic and to, to get more information. And this is great. And I'll encourage coaches um, this, you know, we call this a live chat, but the cool thing about Twitter is you can comment anytime and, um, if coaches hear this, they want to go back and look through this, please fill out your comments, um, and especially this question number five about what would you like to know more about because we can continue to build content around that and get experts um, in the game from from different levels and our, our team and whatnot. Yeah, quick shout-out to our blog, which we mentioned, and then also the play bank. You know, all, that's, all those um, diagrams that are up there 
can be downloaded to your FastDraw account and, and they're already in there. And then you can keep them as is. You can also tweak them for your offense, for your team, whatever it might be. So great resource to use. And there's new stuff going up every day. We're doing a lot of cool stuff over the summer, obviously with NBA just ending um, and college over, but doing a lot of WNBA and then, you know, player development stuff and things that are relevant to, to right now. But you could spend all day on there and find a bunch of stuff. Big thanks to Robbie for jumping on the show today. Thankful for all he does for coaches with Fast Model. That'll do it for this episode. If you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button to never miss an episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again the next time out.